This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Just past one o'clock on 101.9 High FM. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini and as always looking so forward to spending the next hour in your company. You know, for the last few weeks, um, or really months, we've been opening the show and talking about this incredible Jerusalem Marathon, which took place earlier this month, or last month already, well, nearly the end of the month, so it was earlier this month in Jerusalem. And, of course, Team DL Link sending um, runners over, and all of them having this incredible experience of running with um, warriors' names on their backs. And just, we've been hearing from warriors, we've been hearing from angels, and uh, so the story continues. You know, uh, I'm sure the, the name Benita Levine means a lot to each and every one of you listening right now. We've heard her beautiful, amazing voice on radio for many, many years. And in case you were wondering why she was silent for a while, it's because she and her family made Aliyah. I think it's a year ago. She'll definitely give us the details. Um, the wonderful thing is she's still very much connected to South Africa. She writes um, for the Jewish Report. And um, she's just re- recently written an article um, in the Jewish Report about the Jerusalem Marathon and really titled, Why is this marathon different from all others? So I'm not going to answer that. Um, I have Benita Levine on the line all the way from Israel to fill us in. Benita, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Nikki. It's lovely to hear your voice. How are you? So good, Benita. And it's so lovely to hear your voice. How is Israel and how has your experience been so far? It has been absolutely incredible so far. It's just been over a year that we've been here in Israel. And it's just been the most beautiful experience for my husband and myself and more importantly for our two children who have just, thank goodness, adapted to life in Renana so beautifully and are just loving life here. So it's very different from life as we know it in South Africa. And obviously we still miss our family and our friends, but we stay in touch, as you said earlier, and we always love catching up with people from near and far, but we really are having the most incredible start to our Aliyah process. So far, so good. Oh, that's wonderful news, Benita. I'm delighted to hear that. And as I said, you know, writing articles for the Jewish Report, it keeps you very much connected to South Africa, which which is wonderful because this is, you know, news and journalism is, is in your blood. So to do that and connect you to your homeland must be very special for you. Absolutely, it really is. And I so appreciate when we do get emails or tweets or any kind of response to the articles that are published in South Africa. It really means the world. It's lovely to also, as you say, still be in the news world. It's something that obviously you can relate to. I'm very lucky because I'm also working on the Israel side at a television station here, which is broadcasting to America. So it still keeps our finger on the pulse in terms of what's happening in the global world news. But in terms of South Africa, it's so beautiful to get that kind of reaction from what's happening from the community and from readers. I really always appreciate it. And as you say, it always is nice to stay in touch with what's happening in South Africa. So, Vanita, I mean, that's really exciting. And what about, I mean, you're also a Martha Beck life coach, you're a communication consultant. Are you doing coaching in Israel as well, or are you really focusing on, on the journalism? The focus is very much at the moment on the television work because 
it's a television station that operates 24-7, and because they're broadcasting to America, the hours are a little bit all over the place. But I still like to keep my finger on the pulse with life coaching. I do give the occasional talk, and I do keep one or two of my clients on staff, which, you know, the world of technology allows to be able to speak to people all over the world. Mm. It doesn't matter if we're in a different place. So I'll always have life coaching posts in my heart, but for now... The focus is very much on news and to be perfectly honest, adapting to life and Israel, which is in itself something that keeps us very, very busy. I'm sure, I'm sure, Benita. Well, that's why we're delighted that you've, you know, taken time out to chat to us today. Um, also because of the article that you wrote, Why Is This Marathon Different From All Others? Which is so brilliant just before Pesach, of course. And I know that your husband is an avid um, runner, but what I didn't know was just how incredible your children are as well. Maybe you just want to fill us in and tell us why this marathon was, was so different from all others. Well, why it was just so incredibly special is because our son, who is 11 years old, wanted to run his first 10-kilometer race, and he and his father decided to run it together. And as a spectator, which is what I want, because I really take my hats off to all the runners, no matter what distance they do, it was incredible to be there and to watch. But obviously, to see your son running with your husband is something very special. Mm. And obviously, because they were both running for the DL Link, and they both had the names of cancer survivors who are still going through treatment and they had their names on their T-shirts. It was very emotional to see and it was just a very, very special moment to see all these red T-shirts, all these South Africans running for the DL Link through the old city to be able to recognize faces that we know from South Africa. But even if we didn't know the runners, just to see them running with names of special people on their T-shirts was just something very, very special that really was very close to our family as well. And again, as I say, to see your young son running with a smile on his face in that heat through the hills of Jerusalem is something very special as well. Jeez, that's incredible. Ten years old, ten kilometers. I mean, that really, that's a huge feat. That is fantastic. No, it really was fantastic. In fact, it was actually 11, but it was fantastic to see. And actually, you know, it was an incredible thing about this marathon. And I think I wrote about it in the article. It's people from all over the world who come there. It's people of all different ages, all different religions, all different shapes and sizes. And it's just very heartwarming. People dress up in accordance with whichever charity is close to their heart. The people dressed up as superheroes. There were some people wearing tutus. It was very <laughs> colorful and very festive and just very special to be a part of it. And as I say, the DL Link runners, they just really stood out. They were in bright red T-shirts. And uh, it was just very special to see people running for a cause and something that was close to everybody's heart. Mm. Uh, and your article focuses on someone who I admire tremendously and I absolutely adore, of course, uh, our warrior and our angel, Brenda Stern. Um, was this the first time you had met Brenda? No, not at all. I'm very thrilled to say that I've known Brenda for many years and I knew her when she was really one of the most fabulous speakers. I think the first time I met Brenda, I met her when she was giving a talk and she's just the most fabulous orator. She's so eloquent and so passionate and she's so knowledgeable. And I just connected with her the minute we first met properly and I'm very thrilled to say I've known her for a few years now. And when I heard that she was running this marathon, I said to my daughter, who was a spectator with me, we are so going to be looking out not only mm-hmm. for her little brother, but also to be looking out for Brenda because she's just epitomizes everything about dedication and passion and fighting and just 
we're just so thrilled to see her looking so happy and healthy and she really, as you see, is a warrior for all of us. And she inspires everybody. Her story is just incredible. And really, she's close to our heart before she took on this marathon. But after this, I really, I've got nothing and I respect for her. She's just the most incredible force. And I hope that she knows how many people she inspired by taking on this race. She really is mm. in another league. Absolutely agreed. And for those of you who haven't been listening to the show before and... Um who are not clear on who Brenda is. We had Brenda on the show last year um, as uh, as a warrior, and she spoke about her challenge and her journey, her cancer journey. And uh, last year, someone ran the, the uh, Jerusalem Marathon with her name on the back of their shirt. And uh, Brenda went into remission. I think it was in December was her last treatment. And with that, she started training. She made up her mind that she would now be an angel and that she would run in the Jerusalem Marathon with someone's name on her shirt, which is what she did. And, you know, we've spoken about and we've spoken about how incredibly inspirational it is. And I'm so delighted, Benita, that you you shared Brenda's story with everyone in the Jewish Report. Benita, we're going to say goodbye we're going to thank you so 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 much for joining us and hopefully we'll be able to connect we'd love to hear your stories of israel and uh, we're going to be chatting just after the break to your hubby julian we want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth so take care and until we until we speak again thank you thank you thanks benita do take care thank you we're going to take a quick break and after the break we'll be chatting to julian stay with us this is LifeLinks with a DL link. You're tuned to 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Nikki Seberini. So happy to be with you on this beautiful day. This is the DL link show where we connect you to insights, information and illumination. We just had Benita Levine, um, South Africa's much loved media girl, immigrated to Israel with her family a year ago. And I'm delighted to have her husband Julian on the line. Julian Nathan. Hi Julian. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Hi, Nikki. Thank you. So, Julian, I want to know, I mean, first of all, before you even get to how incredible it must be to run with your 10-year-old son through the streets of Jerusalem, how come you got connected um, with the, the DL Link? What, where, where is the connection there? Uh, a few years ago, about 11, 12 years ago, um, my mom passed away from cancer. And um, I think I was just looking for a cause, something that I could do that could make a difference. And I met up with Michelle and we had a chat and I just loved the initiative. It was still a very new initiative when I spoke to Michelle, the DL Link. Mm-hmm. And it's just been something that's very close to my heart for that reason. It's just amazing to see the amazing work that the DL Link has uh, continued continue to do. So you have run in a, a number of marathons, am I correct? Um, yes, I have done, yes. And, and, I mean, the decision to run for the DL Link, was that just a no-brainer for you? Uh, it was something that came up a few months ago when I was chatting to my son about when he decided that he wanted to do uh, the Jerusalem 10K. And uh, I was actually back in South Africa and I turned to Nancy bumped into Michelle and we had a brief chat and I just thought what a wonderful course to do it for. Mm. I'm running my first 10K with my son and just to be able to do something for an amazing organization, it was something that was very easy to, to take upon us. And how do you train with your 10-year-old son? I mean, how do you get a 10-year-old ready for a marathon? So that was the amazing thing. It was that he was pulling me through the process. <laughs> he was up in the morning before me, waking me up, um, basically just motivating me to do it. And during the run, it's amazing the energy these little guys have got. So they often have to wait for me, run ahead of me, 
But, you know, when you've got 11-year-olds getting out of bed in the morning, it's very difficult to say no. Uh, it was very disappointing. I think the most important and the, the part I really loved most about it was the time I spent with him during the training. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Sorry, I keep saying he's ten years old. I say he's eleven. And and uh, and getting through so and and I suppose explaining the deal link and the whole idea of running in the name of another person. Did he get that at the age of eleven? The 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 gravitas of doing something so incredible. Yeah, very very much so. He's a very sensitive little guy, um, and you know he's always got he's always he's always been um, looking out for other people. So that you know. It was very normal. We didn't have to sell it to him. I mean, he understood it from the beginning, and I think that also motivated him a lot mm. you know, to get out of bed in the morning and train for the race. Mm. It's incredible. What a what a what an incredible story, and what an incredible young man. Um, Lee Run is his name. Run, yeah. yeah, just amazing. Very, very inspirational. So, Julian, before we say goodbye, though, I want to talk about the the warriors that you ran for, Barry and John. Did you did you get to meet your warriors and and Lee Run? So I got to speak to John and I got to meet Barry. And um, Lee unfortunately, didn't um, because we were in New Zealand, obviously, and I was back on a business trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, yeah, as I said, I got to speak to John and meet with Barry. What was that like? And it was quite incredible. Um, I think what, what well, people that um, didn't don't realize, I don't know if they realize, the extent of the, the, the hope that this initiative gives uh, these, these people that are going to their, their, their treatment. Mm. Some of them were completely blown away that people would take on this initiative, not just me and your own, but everybody that did it for them. They were so appreciative. I was also on a WhatsApp group during and before and after the race. People want to know the name of the people that were running for them and how they did. Um, and it really, really does provide hope for people in some very dark moments in their lives. Mm, very true, Julian. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have a word with Barry and John in just a moment. But I just want to thank you for your time today for running the incredible marathon with the warriors' names on your backs. And, and to your amazing, amazing son, Liran, I think that we can all learn a huge lesson from the, the courage, the bravery, the generosity of a young 11-year-old. Julian, thank you for your time. Brilliant. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Julian yeah, bye. Nathan, bye. Um, just chatting to us from Israel. Um, he and his son, Liran, running in the Jerusalem Marathon. You know, we've brought so many stories your way, and hopefully each and every time you listen to the story, it's not another story. It's another inspiration. It's another reason to go beyond yourself and be in action to help others. And it can be in the simplest thing, or sometimes it can be in running a marathon and, and doing something really extraordinary narrowly big like that um, in a moment I'm going to be chatting to Barry and John the Warriors um, and uh, I'll be right back stay with us this is Life Links with a DL link Thank you for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I just had Julian Nathan sharing his story of running the Jerusalem Marathon with his 11-year-old son, Lee Run, who ran 10Ks, which is absolutely incredible. He spoke about running for his warrior and his warrior um, is Barry Spiegel and that, in fact, he got to meet Barry when he was here in South Africa on a business trip. And I have Barry on the line. Barry, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for inviting me. So, Barry, tell us, I mean, what, what is it like to have someone who puts their, your name on the back of their shirt and runs a marathon? How does that feel? Nikki, it's just so difficult to explain this to you. 
I, you know, I didn't realize until I actually met Julian. We met over coffee, and he showed me a photograph of him running, and it just—it's it, just—it's a wonderful sensation. It really, truly is. It's very difficult to explain to anyone quite what it feels like, but it truly is wonderful, and it gives one enough. It gives one all the incentive to want to do it oneself. Uh, in you know, come subsequent marathons. Mm. How is your health and now, Barry? Is is, is it something you could that, do? Oh, I'd sorry, like, yes. I'll be able to do it next year. Okay, well, that's what I was going to ask you. How is your health, and is it going to be possible for you to run in the marathon next year? My health is much better, thank you. And I'm not 100% certain whether I'll necessarily be able to run the marathon, but I know that you can walk it as well. And uh, if I'm not able to run it, I'd certainly like to do the walk next year. Barry, I mean, you've heard the story of Brenda Stern, and we've mentioned it so many times on the show because she's just so awesome. How the first time I interviewed her, it was as a warrior who was in chemo at the time and then the next time it was as an angel who was preparing to run in the Jerusalem Marathon. As you say, I mean, she could run, you could walk, but to to do that is must be so incredibly empowering and I think to be able to work towards that must be wonderful, Barry. I, I really hope that you do it and I hope we can follow your star. Absolutely. I have the greatest admiration for Brenda. I know her and she's really achieved something very, very special and hopefully I'll be able to walk, stroke, run in her footsteps. Well, we'll be watching closely, Barry. Um, hopefully you'll come on the show and you'll update us on your training. We wish you good health. We wish you vibrancy. And um, we look forward to reporting back next year from the Jerusalem Marathon. Thank you so much for joining us, Barry. Do take Nikki, care. Sorry, Nikki, if I can if I may just say that Michelle has a wonderful, a truly wonderful organization running. And I'd like to just extend special thanks to Gabby for what he's done for me because he's an amazing individual and I just I, I cannot thank him enough for all the moral support that he's given both Fiona and I over the last year. Thank you for that Barry. I, I think we have to praise and praise and praise. I absolutely agree with you. Thank you. We love Gabby very, absolutely. very much. Thanks. Thank, thank you Barry. You. Take care and go well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Cha-cha. Bye-bye. Bye. Barry Spiegel um, here on the DL Link show and, you know, so inspired by Julian running for him that he's hoping to get to the Jerusalem Marathon next year. And so these remarkable stories continue. And now we have warrior John Assenbaum on the line. John, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, it's an absolute pleasure, John, and especially when... You know, it's an 11-year-old boy who had your name on his shirt as he ran through the hills of Jerusalem. That must feel amazing for you, is it? It was very, very special to know that. And um, I did, after some time, get hold of the father and I just couldn't thank him enough. What a mitzvah. It was really, really, really special for me. You know, I think I think as special as as it is for you, I think to be a young boy and to do something like that. Can you imagine how life changing it is for him? How it kind of how it changes and 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 sculpts his life moving forward doing something like this. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that really is. It works on all fronts. Absolutely, John. So tell us how. What is your association with the DL Link? The DL Link. Um, in associated with him, I think it's now about uh, six years. Wow. I had cancer six years ago, and it went away, and then came back about a year ago. 
and they have been just amazing. They really have. You know, the support, um, it's like an extended family. They just take off that pressure of the roller coaster ride of cancer, mm. and they really they help with meals, they help with chemo lifts, shopping. You know, it's really, really, and, and the people there are just so friendly and just so, so understanding, compassionate, and really special. And those are the people that work there, and also the people that are there. They're the warriors themselves, a very amazing group of people, really. Mm. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to be there. Well, John, I thank you for giving some of your time today to share the story uh, on behalf of the DR Link. We just wish you lots of amazingly good health um, and hopefully we'll be connecting again soon. And just thank you so much for your time. No, thank you very much and a good yontif to everybody, a good Pesach and just only good things. That's all we pray. Thank you, John. Absolutely. Only good things. <laughs> and Chag Pesach Samer. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Bye-bye. We are, yes, I mean, Pesach just around literally tomorrow. And, uh, you know, you're preparing and you are getting the matzah. And if you're having the sadi at your house, it's planning, it's food, the cleaning, the everything. Um, and then as it all begins, so you inhale and then you exhale slowly and you immerse yourself into the spirit of Pesach, a very, very special time of the year. We're going to be taking a break and after the break we're going to be talking about reach for dreams we talk about organizations that just do incredible things for people who have cancer and this reach for a dream well Mervyn Cerebro is the chairman we've had on the show before talks about making children's dreams a reality I heard him this morning um, at an event launching the slipper day 2018 and he says we have never ever turned down a dream we've never not been able to make a child's dream come true and and as as everyone was saying this morning it's not just the child who has this extraordinary experience of going somewhere or meeting someone it's that the parent has this experience with their child and that they have something they have this incredible incredible memory forever so after the break I'm going to be talking to Jonathan Boynton Lee who is the ambassador for Reach for a Dream I'm going to be telling you about Slipper Day which is happening on the 11th of May and I have the most gorgeous slippers and I can't wait to wear them on the 11th of May. So stay with us. Um, we'll be returning with Jonathan. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Nikki Seberini. Just before the break, I started to talk about Reach for a Dream that I went to a fantastic launch this morning talking about Slipper Day. And I'm so excited to have one of the ambassadors um, for Reach for a Dream, Jonathan Boynton Lee. Um, and if you're thinking, wow, we know Jonathan. Yes, he's a very, very busy man. Not only is he top billing and running around and entering competitions and doing amazing things he's also putting his force and his face behind reach for a dream jonathan welcome lovely to have you on the show hi thanks for having me so jonathan i mean you have an extraordinary life really i mean you you've had so many wonderful things happen over the last few years and it started off with modeling and then winning a competition for our listeners who have never watched top billing fill us in oh (laughs) yeah so basically um 
yeah, it's been a whirlwind since winning the top billing presenter search is basically where it started. I've always been in the industry, um, but obviously top billing being probably the most powerful brand in the country that mm-hmm. helped kind of launch me into the, the limelight, so to speak. So, um, yeah, that, that was where it all began. Um, it's been an incredible journey, you know, done Strictly Come Dancing and a whole bunch of other shows and movies and all kinds of things. So it's been a, a whirlwind. Wow. Listen, I'm so jealous. Strictly Come Dancing, it's my favorite program. What was that like? Oh, really? <laughs> um, it was incredibly hard and really? difficult and probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, it was terrifying. So when they talk about it being the very best experience of their life, are they lying? Yeah, looking back, it was an incredible experience. But during, I can tell you, it's definitely not. It's it's hell of a hard work. You're rehearsing like 14 to 18 hours a day. Sure. And then you're performing live every every week in front of a live audience, in front of millions of people. If you mess up, it's, it's you know, it's a hell of a lot of pressure. I've always wondered um, Especially how for non-dancers. Yeah, how, how do you remember the moves? Do you do you ever have blank moments? Yeah, I've, I forgot a lot of the stuff, but oh, really? uh, I had a very good partner that covered it up. <laughs> Got away with it with a smile on your face. So listen, Jonathan, I mean, a whirlwind, as you say, and being such a public figure, and you've never shied away from extending yourself and helping others, because I suppose there mm. is a huge responsibility that comes with being this brand and being this face. Um, how do you feel about it? And also, people approaching you and wanting you to be an ambassador for a foundation or representing something what what is that like well i mean it's a no-brainer to get involved in stuff like that you know we've got a as public figures we've got a duty to to give back and to use our um you know i hate the word celebrity but to use this word to use a celebrity status for something good mm. um it's you know to me people are, are in the industry for the fame and the attention and all that sort of stuff they're not using it for the right reasons so whether you're a public figure or not, you know, we just we have a duty to give back. Mm. I think it's um, important. It's, it's very simple. Yeah, I think as a public figure, absolutely. But I think even if not, you know, extending no, absolutely, public figure or not, it's just as a public figure, you have a broader reach, you know, yeah. and you need to use that responsibly. Absolutely. So, how did you connect with the Reach for a Dream Foundation? I can't actually remember. It was a while ago, mm-hmm. so um, I don't know how we got put put in touch, but. Um, I'm always looking for, you know, foundations to help and stuff, and it resonated with me. Um, you know, being all about dreams, and you know, I, I dream for a living, so it's, it's mm. just, dreams are a big thing for me. And I love working with with kids, charities, and um, that, that deal with kids and making dreams come true is just a, a fantastic combination. Uh, you know, what they do is incredible, um, giving these kids hope and and you know, healing them through the power of dreaming. Mm. It's just a beautiful thing that they do. It is. It is a beautiful thing. Jonathan, can you think of anything? I mean, have you been a part of it? Are you, do, you, do you go along or have you been actively a part of making some kids' dreams come true? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Share, That's share how you get story. involved. You know. Well, I mean, the hospital visits are very hard because these, these kids are, you know, they're terminal. So it's very difficult. Like Melissa was showing me earlier today at the launch uh, some Facebook memories of the hospital visit I did. And most of the, the kids that are in those pictures have passed on already, you know. Oh, um, so you can do a hospital visit and two weeks later you go back and then the, a lot of the kids have died. Mm. Um, they're that bad. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the kids just wanted to go on a roller coaster with me. That was their dream. So, it, you know, it's simple things like that that they, they want, which is so precious, like a little bicycle or a tea party or just simple things, you know, it makes us reevaluate the way we live our lives and what's important. So there's a gift for you. Is that you? As, as sad as that must be, it is a constant reevaluation. 
Hey, no, we're I mean, recalibrating and grateful. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Than I have from anyone else. Yeah, I hear you. So let's mm. talk about this incredible slipper day that's happening. Tell us more because you've got the best slippers in town. They are <laughs> unicorn slippers. They are multicolored. You cannot miss them. <laughs> and you're the only one who has them. We all try to get a pair, but no, <laughs> they are only for Jonathan. Tell us yeah, about Yeah, those are limited edition. <laughs> tell us about slipper day. Um, well, I mean, it's it's a, it's a very important day for Reach for a Dream because they raise a lot of money. You know, they depend on donations, and all that money goes towards fulfilling these kids' dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very simple. I mean, it's it's just ten rand to buy an armband. Um, you can get them from Wimpy or Pick and Pay or any Reach for a Dream branch. Mm-hmm. You just wear your armband on the eleventh eleventh of May, which is Slipper Day, and you wear your slippers to work or out or whatever you want. And you know, all that money goes to Reach for a Dream. Um, it's one of the biggest fundraising events that they have. So we're urging people to just go out there and support, buy a whole bunch of our bands if you'd like. And does that give us permission to wear slippers the whole day? Exactly. Yeah. That's I mean, what I, I, like I don't need know. I don't need permission to wear slippers any day <laughs> a week. But this is a this is an excuse to really go all out and wear your slippers. The boss can't do anything about it. So are you going to wear your unicorn slippers? No, well, I'm going to wear one foot. I'm going to wear unicorn and one shark. It's my two favorite. Oh, one animals. shark and shark one, one. Okay, yeah. okay, that's very brave of you. And are, <laughs> are you going to be wearing them the whole day? These slippers? No, absolutely. Okay, because yeah. I walked away with caterpillar slippers, bright blue caterpillar okay. slippers, and I'm going okay. to commit on the 11th. I, I don't think I've got anything really important because then maybe I'd have to reconsider the caterpillar slippers. But I'm going to go for it. So no, no, everyone has to be lenient on that day. With slippers. I agree. You have to. I agree. Listen, South Africa will be a beautiful place on the 11th of May. I think when yeah, you wear slippers, colorful. you're a, you're a more relaxed, laid back person. Exactly I I wish we could wear slippers every day Me too So that's the 11th of May It is 10 Rand to get these little armbands These little wristbands that you can buy at Wimpy Or at Pick and Pay Only 10 Rand The 10 Rand is going to go to fulfilling kids who have cancer To fulfill their dreams Um, It's a major fundraiser for Reach for a Dream Um, And please put your full weight behind it On the 11th of May you get to wear your gorgeous slippers Jonathan, thank you so much for your time For connecting with us for doing the incredible work that you do. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks, no problem. Jonathan. Go well. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Jonathan Boynton-Lee, Reach for a Dream ambassador. He is a top-billing presenter. He's an actor, a director, MC, motivational speaker. I met him this morning and... I can only say he has this open heart and so relaxed. He talks about celebrity. He doesn't ooze that at all. He is just such a lovely, normal guy who just has a huge, huge heart. So that is Reach for a Dream, the wonderful slipper day. The 11th of May, don't forget, you get to wear your slippers. Just make sure that you get that those bands at Wimpy or at Pick and Pay. It's only 10 Rand and what an amazing, amazing cause. Let's take a break. After the break, I'm going to be chatting to our beautiful warrior. She's a young girl. She's um, experienced firsthand the generosity of Reach for a Dream and she is going to be coming onto the show and she's going to be sharing her story. Looking forward to Bailey Ellis. So stay with us. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. 
101.9 Chai FM, Nikki Seberini with you. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Hearing the wonderful stories of what the DL Link does from our warriors um, and just talking to Benita and Julian earlier in the show. Of course, Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsula um, putting this incredible organization together way back in 2010. And, you know, having this opportunity every week to listen to warriors stories to all organizations who are doing incredible things in supporting people who have cancer and very specifically right now just talking um about reach for a dream foundation and and having jonathan on the line and just before the break i said that we'd have um a warrior who firsthand has dealt with reach for a dream she is 10 years old and she's very brave to be joining us on the radio today i am so delighted to introduce Introduce Bailey Ellis. Hi, Bailey. Welcome. Hi. Lovely to have you on the show. Yes. So you're 10 years old now, Bailey. Yeah. And two years ago, you were diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Tell us all about that. Well, when I was diagnosed, uh, I was sad that I couldn't do any more sports. Yeah. And I was sad that I couldn't be free and play. Yes. Bailey, how were you feeling? You 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 were diagnosed with a brain tumor. So were you having headaches? What was happening to you? How did you find out that you had cancer? Well, from the vomiting, I felt like I did have. Yeah. So I asked my mom, and she took me to the doctor. And you, and then they told you that you have cancer. Did you know what cancer was? Yes. You knew. And how did you feel? When the doctor or your mom said to you, Bailey, you have cancer, what was that like for you? I felt like I didn't want to lose my hair and everything was just gone. Every, you just felt like everything had just gone there and then? Yeah. And how did you, how did you wake up the next day and think, this is it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay, I'm going to go for the treatment, I'm going how, to, how, how did you, and I'm asking you this question because there are people who are listening right now who are in your exact same position that you were in. Um, so we, we just want to hear your story, you know. How, how did you start to feel better about it? Well, my mom told me that everything would be okay and then she's right here with me. She's there to support you along the road. Yes. And so you went for chemotherapy? Yes. And you lost your hair? I felt a bit sad, but my mom felt sadder than me. Oh. And and um, what did you do? Did you just wear a hat when you had no hair? How, how did you deal with that? Well, I just kept on wearing a beanie before I felt like I could let my hair down. Okay. And wearing a beanie, was it a different beanie every day? Did you feel okay wearing the beanie? You were all yeah, right, it hey? Yeah, okay. okay. I've wear different kinds now and then. Okay. And with your friends, Bailey, how was that? Was it difficult to be with them? Were they? Was it no. hard? Tell us about that. Well, my teacher, teacher Quentin and teacher Lisa, told them my story. Mm-hmm. So they said, don't laugh about it. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And they were all nice and friendly. So you felt they got on very nicely with me. Okay, so everyone supported you, Bailey. Yeah. I hear you. 
And then you came across Reach for a Dream Foundation. How did you hear about them? Well, my mom heard about them. Mm -hmm. Told me I was excited to meet Miss South Africa. Is that what you wanted to do, meet Miss South Africa? Yeah, it was my first dream I ever had. Really? Do you love watching the Miss South Africa competitions? Yes. Now she became Miss Universe. I know. And she's so gorgeous, isn't she? Demi Lee Nell Peters. Did you watch her when she became Miss South Africa? Yes. And so you said to your mom, Mom, my dream is to meet Miss South Africa. Yeah. And your mom told Reach for a Dream Foundation. Yes. And they made your dream come true. Mm. How? Tell us. Tell us about your dream coming true. Well, she told them and Reach for a Dream made arrangements and I was very happy to hear that my mom said everything's going to be fine and that I can do it if I just put some hard work into it. So you went to the airport? Yes. And is that the first time you met Emily? No. No? You'd met her before? I met her in a hotel. Yes. And what was that like? Were you a little bit nervous? Yes. And what was it like meeting her? It felt much more calm when I met her. You were quite calm. Was she lovely? Is she as beautiful in real life as she is on the camera? Yes. And what kind of a person is she? Well, she's quite kind. Really? And she teaches people to grow up and stand for themselves. Oh, gee And she encouraged me. Did she? What did she say to you? Well, she made me realize that every dream is possible. Oh. And how did you feel about that? I felt very happy. What did it make you think and feel about your life when she said that? Well... I felt a little bit nervous. Yeah. But when I got to it, finally cycled it in my brain. Yes. Felt all fine and good to have this life I have now. Really? Yes. So she was an inspiration to you. Yes. And having your dream becoming a reality probably taught you that dreams can become real. That you've got to just keep dreaming. So what do you dream about now, Bailey? Well, I'm dreaming that I could meet her again. Yes. And then, I don't know. You don't know. Maybe I can do something else. Well, listen, Archie, didn't you do something with blood and getting people to tell us about that? Because you've been so inspired that you're now helping other people. Tell us about that. I've always wanted to do it, but I've been too scared to come out and yes. do it. Yes. What have you been always been wanting to do? I've always been wanting to do, like, go out, make new friends. And have you been able to do it now? Yes. Okay. That's wonderful. Tell us about your charity work. So, I've raised blankets for... For the poor. Yes. At, what is it? Angel Wings. Really? Yes. How did you do that? Did you collect a whole lot of blankets? Yes. And I collected food, jerseys and clothes. Gee whiz. And when you handed it over, how did that make you feel? It made me feel grateful. Made you feel grateful. And they must have felt so grateful that this young 10-year-old girl 
went and did so much to help them. And I also did a soup kitchen with my mom for yeah, them. Really? Yes. Wow, Bailey, that's just wonderful. So you're giving back all the time. Yes. That's wonderful. So if I had to ask you right now, and then I'm going to talk to your mom for a little bit. If I had to ask you right now, what is a lesson that you've learned maybe after meeting Miss South Africa or after doing the soup kitchens or blankets? Have you learned a lesson about yourself or have you learned anything? Yes, I've learned that all of the dreams are possible that I can dream and everything's possible. If you just put work into it, it's possible. That's beautiful, Bailey. Thank you for being so brave, for coming onto the radio. I see your hair has grown back and you look absolutely yes. beautiful. And we wish you lots and lots and lots of good health and realizing of many, many dreams. Thank you, Bailey. Thanks for joining us, Bailey Ellis. And Bailey's mom, Veronica, is in in the studio as well. Um, and, you know, behind every powerful child is a powerful parent. Um, and sometimes we only realize our power when our back is to the wall. Sometimes the light comes on just on how incredible we are when we hit a struggle. And, Veronica, I'm sure it was a huge struggle for you to have your daughter diagnosed with a brain tumor. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was very difficult um, being a single mom. And we just moved to Joburg from Durban, so it was quite difficult to manage. But I must say I had a lot of friends and family. So you're new to, you were new to Joburg? Yeah, we just moved to Joburg for a week. Um, when she, when I picked her up from school, she was, at, I think, four days at school. Yeah. Um, when I picked her up and her teacher said she was very disorientated and um, she wasn't herself, she was throwing up. So I took her to the Lindmed Hospital. And? And they first thought she had typhoid fever. And then it was funny enough, the pediatrician that wasn't on duty, she just popped in, um, came past and she heard and she just said, no, there was definitely something else um, to Bailey's situation that didn't fit in what they were saying. And then she did a, ask them to do an MRI scan. And that's when we picked it up. Sure. Yeah, it was four centimeters in diameter. Four centimeters, and she yeah. hadn't—you hadn't picked up anything before. She was, Headaches, she, or she was sick before that. But I put it down to the stress of, of moving, course, moving, new school, new everything. Yes, and you know, starting a new home, a new life, and yeah, you know, I just put it down to that um, because she wasn't constantly sick. It was on and off. Right. So there would be days that she had the headaches. There was days that she was throwing up, and then the fever. So it wasn't all. It, was, it wasn't all at the same time, and it was you. in different days. So mm. one day she'd be running around, the next day she'll be lying in bed. Mm. So there was no like definite thing she's got a flu or anything like you that. You know, we've, we've done a show before, and doctors talk about how difficult it is to diagnose mm. childhood cancers yeah. because the symptoms are just so erratic here and there. Yeah. And sometimes we just say it's a this or it's a mood or it's a change of season or if it's a whatever. Yeah. And when do you become the neurotic parent and when do you just become the parent? Who and she's also not a very sickly person. Right. So, you know, you don't always put it down to as being something so dramatic mm. as cancer because mm. it's, it's not in our family. So it was like quite a shock. Sure. So yeah. to be told your daughter has a brain tumor must must have been. Yeah. But I how must, was that? People keep on asking me how, do you, how did I cope? But I think... 
I keep on telling her, she's my inspiration, my hero. Yes. So she's the one that keeps me going, actually. Really? Yeah. 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 So you've, you make you've, me cry now. No, well, of course, <laughs> of course, because you're talking about something yeah. that's very close to you. It would make you. makes everybody. It's an yeah. emotional subject. And, Veronica, what did the doctor say? So it was chemotherapy? What, well, what? she did a six-week radiation plan first. Mm-hmm. So um, she battled quite a lot with the... Um, uh, Finding the the vein for the um, drips and stuff, oh, yes. so she, her veins kept on collapsing. Oh. She, I think, the one day had twenty times. Oh, they oh tried no. to stick the needle, and so she went for a port first. So you'll see she's got a port. Yes. So that basically is where they do all the chemotherapy. They put the needle, and it's much easier. It's less stressful for the for the kids. Mm-hmm. So she had that done first. Then she went for a six week radiation plan. And then she had a six-cycle chemo plan. So she was in hospital three days every six weeks um, for the chemo. And coming up to Joburg and basically being on your own, mm. how did you cope? Well, um, like I said, I've got a, I had a very big support group here. So a lot of my friends were here, family were here. My mom and dad were unfortunately in Richards Bay, but everybody else was oh, this side. They just here. all came together yeah, and I supported know, I you. And I wasn't working either. So, yeah, it was quite of a, a mission to get going. Mm. But um, the company that I'm working for now were very, very supportive as well when I started working for them. And is so Bailey now in remission? She's in remission. She's been in since February last year. Yeah, I've been in since for two and a half. No, year. So it's just over a year. Just over a year remission. Yeah. And how do you move forward? How do you so she goes, move so on from So the plan is that she's got a five-year remission plan. So um, she goes now, last year and this year, her plan is every six weeks she goes for checkups and twice a year she goes for a brain scan and a spine scan, um, just those parts of right. the body. So, okay, okay. Yeah. I started off saying because, you know, I mean, Bailey is doing such incredible stuff with soup kitchens mm-hmm. and collecting blankets and behind every incredible child is an incredible parent and I yeah. think that when you're going on this journey, it's... How we, you know, you're digging deep just to have yeah. the strength, but so much light. Yeah. And, exactly. and beautiful things have come out of this. Do you always encourage Bailey to go beyond, to be giving, to be contributing? The giving side comes from herself, I must say, because she was the one that actually said to me that she wants to do more. She wants to be able to help people. I think she was, you know, kids are very, um, Innocent, mm. so she didn't. I mean, they don't know the concept of cancer as we do. Mm. So to her, it was just be having like a flu. Yeah. So she didn't realize the consequences of what what could have happened. Right, right. Um, so yeah, and I think when once she started getting involved in cancer, and we went, uh, to, we go to Donald Gordon. So we see the amount of kids that go there. It's absolutely frightening. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> she did a blood drive. Um, for her friend Kiara who passed away last year, I'm she sorry. had leukemia. Yeah. Yes. So you know it's it's quite an eye opener. So she's more aware now of what's around there and just wanting to help people. So and I think a meeting because I mean when she when she had her surgery she lost right side of her body. So it was just one of the symptoms that you get from the brain surgery. What do you mean? Sitting. She couldn't move the right side of her body? So basically the tumor was between the brain and the spine. Yeah. So it's at the bottom lower fourth ventricle yeah. is what they called it. So it put a lot of pressure on her movements and stuff. So when they operated, um, with the doctors said we're actually very lucky because she could have actually have lost total use of her body. 
And so, she's and she's she's got it back. It's okay. She, she has her legs are fine now, but in the beginning she struggled to walk. She was very lopsided on the right hand side, mm-hmm. and her right hand she couldn't pick up anything. Okay. So it was totally lame. Yeah, if that's how we could put it. But if you look at her now, it's amazing. Amazing progress. Like she says, hard work. She had to struggle very hard to get to where she is now. Um, a lot of exercises. She's now left-handed. Where she was right-handed. She was. And she taught herself. She was. So, That's amazing, Bailey. You know, I couldn't do that. The year that she was off school, because I couldn't, obviously couldn't put her back into school because of the chemo. Mm-hmm. I just took a lot out of her. So her brother, actually, her middle brother, stayed at home with her, looked after her, helped her with homework and odds oh. and ends and drawing. And together they basically... Um, Got her to start using her left hand, and you must see it's. But I've always said to her, it's not in the brain. It's not in the hand. It's in the brain. Sure, amazing. So she's wow. now left-handed and does everything left-handed. She was wow, she Veronica. She struggles a little bit with her right hand, uh-huh. but it's hundred percent. Hundred percent. Been what it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. So on the eleventh of May, Bailey, you just need to nod. Are you going to be wearing special slippers? For Slipper Day. Veronica, I hope you are too. Yes, Because, of course, that's how Reach for a Dream gets to do what they do and to have Bailey's dream realized, meeting Miss South Africa and Miss Universe, Demi Lee, Nell Peters. For you, that must have been wonderful, knowing that the dream was being realized. I was actually quite shocked because when when they asked Bailey about her dream, she was really going into her remission state. She just finished her chemo. So I said to them, I thought, you know, that when you hear about Reach for a Dream, dream, you think it's for kids that are that are currently yeah, sick yeah. and not ones that are, are on the mend, if you want to call it that. So we were quite excited. I mean, she had a long list <laughs> of, of things that she would have liked to have done, and that was one of them. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Just wonderful. Well, Veronica, thank you so much. No, thank Thanks for coming for to the us. studio. Thank you, Bailey, for coming to the studio, sharing your story, um, and, of course, always giving us hope and Please. inspiration. And um, thank you so much for listening, for staying tuned for the past hour. Just a reminder that uh, on the 11th of May, you can get your slippers out. You just have to pay 10 rand and wear that little wrist band, which you can get at Wimpy and Pick and Pay and be a part of Reach for a Dream Foundation. So, wow, Pesach um, tomorrow. I just want to wish you a Chag Pesach Sameach. And it is a very, very special time. And uh, may you be surrounded by those that you love. And may you be blessed with good health. Um, from me, Nikki Seberini. Until next week, take care. Goodbye.